This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. I'm your host, Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, the FTC could crack down on dealers' websites and F&I offices. VW and Siemens invest $450 million into Electrify America, and Tesla lays off 200 autopilot workers. Plus, we're here from GM's Tammy Golden about the automaker's decision to get rid of four-year college degree requirements for many job openings. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. A proposal before the Federal Trade Commission would ban finance and insurance coverage and physical vehicle add-ons that, quote, provide no benefit. It would also require expanded disclosure and consent on such optional products, including a list of prices online. The FTC is also considering cracking down on dealerships' advertising related to the cost of the vehicle itself. Commissioners who favor the new rule said it would be their agency's first regulation since the Dodd-Frank Act of 2010. That law continued and expanded the FTC's authority over auto dealerships. Next up, the agency will open a 60-day window for public comment on the proposal. Siemens is investing more than $100 million in Volkswagen Group's Electrify America unit. The German industrial giant now becomes the first outside investor in the North American network of electric vehicle charging stations. Along with new funds from parent company Volkswagen, Electrify America would receive a total injection of $450 million. VW established Electrify America in 2017 in wake of the German automaker's Dieselgate scandal. Siemens will be a minority investor with a seat on Electrify America's board. At least 34 union auto technicians at Mercedes-Benz of San Diego are on strike as the two sides negotiate a new contract. Technicians from the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local Lodge 1484, walked off the job earlier this month. A dealership spokesman says 10 technicians remain on the job. The dealership offered a 15.1% pay increase for master technicians and a 10% increase for certified technicians, along with annual increases thereafter. That's according to Pedro Gomez, a technician at the dealership and shop steward for Local Lodge 1484. He says the union has been treated unfairly during negotiations by the dealership's owner, Penske Automotive Group. And we've got more news about layoffs at Tesla. The luxury EV maker has laid off about 200 workers on its autopilot team as it shuttered a California facility. People familiar with the matter told Bloomberg that the majority of those who were let go were hourly workers. That's a bit of surprise, as recently as last week, CEO Elon Musk had outlined plans to cut 10% of salaried staff, but said he'd increase hourly jobs. Teams at the San Mateo office were evaluating customer vehicle data related to the autopilot driver assistance features and performing so-called data labeling. Tesla did not immediately respond to a request for comment. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, now there's a story on autonews.com about Toyota's limited output in May. It produced more than 5% fewer vehicles than it did same time last year. And it seems like we've been seeing a lot of this lately. Yeah, absolutely. Part of it is because 
we see the news coming and going. We get the report from Hans Greimel when Toyota cuts their production plans for the coming month. And then we get the numbers at the end of the month that says how much uh, production was down. But it's a very serious thing. It's it's not just Toyota. Honda had a, a worse May than Toyota did, but it, it adds up. And it's very likely to feed into uh, GM beating Toyota in the second quarter in U.S. sales. We'll get those results on Friday. We'll keep an eye on that story and update you here on Daily Drive about whether Toyota can do anything to catch up before the end of the year. Coming up, General Motors is getting rid of four-year college degree requirements for many of its open positions. What does that mean for diversity, equity, and inclusion in GM's workforce? And what does that say about how much the automaker values a liberal arts education? GM's Tammy Golden joins us next on Daily Drive. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in, it helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk in the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. GM says its decision to scrap four-year college degree requirements for many open jobs is about creating a workforce that reflects the communities in which it operates. The decision also comes at a time when employers across the board are struggling to find skilled workers. Tammy Golden is GM's Executive Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion and head of the Automaker's Workforce Strategy. She recently spoke with our own Jake Neer about the move and how far it will go toward reaching the automaker's stated goal of becoming the most inclusive company in the world. Here's their conversation. Tammy Golden, welcome to Daily Drive. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So walk us through the thought process that led GM to make this decision to remove the four-year degree requirements for many positions at the company. Okay, so let me start by sharing that as we seek to become the most inclusive company in the world, we're really committed to increasing the variety of highly skilled talent at GM and recognize that there's many pathways to success. And when you look at successful talent and the fact that it comes from varying life stages, experiences, and circumstances, this is our opportunity to really widen the opportunities for people to consider a future with GM. The heart of this is our commitment to everybody in and again, becoming the most inclusive company in the world. So our focus is effectively closing that equity gap by taking a skills-based approach for certain roles 
And we're taking a really thoughtful approach to really reviewing those roles and the skills required so that as we take on new talent, they can be successful in these roles. So for those listening who maybe haven't seen the announcement or the coverage of it, what kinds of jobs are we talking about here? So when you talk about um, roles that where we would consider the four-year degree um, being removed, it can span the IT space or anywhere it makes sense from the standpoint of skills being highlighted versus the degrees. So when you think about it from the standpoint of um, our Java developer role, as you may be aware, we recently launched a partnership with Udacity to take on um, developing talent. That role, we know that there are certain skills that are required to do those roles, and they can be skilled up through a certification program like the Udacity. So that's why we launched that um, partnership. And so it's been the, the look for us is putting skills first versus just degrees um, tap into those underrepresented populations. And so could this span, you know, salaried, hourly, uh, corporations, factories, workshops, office and studio jobs, all of the above? Potentially. Um, we, again, as I stated, are taking a thoughtful approach to reviewing each role so that we understand where skills first can take that priority over the degree. So GM is far from the first major corporation to hire more people without four-year college degrees. AT&T, Dell, Google, Oracle, IBM, and Intel. Those are others who have made similar moves uh, recently. But the understanding with a lot of those companies is that they're doing this as a direct result of the labor shortage. Um, GM is saying that this is primarily a DEI move. How big a factor is that labor shortage and that need for skilled labor uh, in this decision? So when you look at um, the opportunity, I think it suits the talent pipeline um, that all of us are fighting for um, in terms of the different roles. And so it would help, but it also plays into increasing our diversity in these roles and creating a bit of equity as it relates to um, widening the opportunity for um, underrepresented populations of talent. In the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, we often hear about the promotion gap. That means underrepresented people can't climb the ladder as easily as their white male peers. Do you think a policy like this addresses that issue, or could it also possibly exacerbate this promotion gap if more people are coming in at lower levels but can't get into jobs that still require four-year degrees? So I think what, um, when you look at the opportunity to open aperture to allow people to come in, we have an opportunity also at access to additional training, an opportunity for those who couldn't pursue their degrees. So you have an opportunity to take advantage of our tuition assistance. And so we, I, we believe that we're open to aperture so that people will have an equitable opportunity to um, pursue upward mobility as they come in through these roles. And, and how much is GM already doing that? Is there how many you know, programs are there for folks who are in the company uh, who want to move up and just need that extra boost to get more education? Um, is this is, is that something that GM is expanding? Uh, and what do those programs look like? So when you talk about programs, so G General Motors has uh, a wealth 
of programs through like what we would call degreed, where it provides upskilling for our um, population. We also have um, um, the, tu the traditional tuition assistance that we've always offered where people can pursue certifications as well as um, two-year degrees, four-year degrees, or again, the opportunity for upskilling. So that's not new. We have always offered that. And th that's why we see this as, again, providing an opportunity at equitable access to additional, um, what I would call development for folks as well. So I'm curious, uh, have you heard from universities about this decision? And if so, what's been their reaction? So I personally have not heard from universities. Um, I have heard um, a lot of positive and favorable feedback that we are stepping outside the box to widen the aperture. As I stated in the beginning, we are looking for skilled talent. Although that we are looking at the opportunities to put skills first, it's not saying that we won't be pursuing university talent as well. So I'm curious, what, what if anything, do you think this says about the value that GM as a company puts in a liberal arts education? So again, I think um, from a General Motors perspective, we put value on um, the experience people can bring to the roles that we have available. Um, and that will be articulated through their opportunity to compete for these roles. Um, and so I don't think that we're devaluing anyone, any talent. I, I, we're open to aperture to ensure that, you know, where appropriate, we can expand our talent pool. As you've already mentioned a couple of times, this is part of General Motors' stated strategy to become the most inclusive company in the world. First of all, I'm curious, how do you quantify that? Um, and how far does something like this, uh, this announcement get to that goal? So when you look at it from the standpoint of removing barriers to entry, um, we look at it through the lens that we want our workforce to be reflective of the communities in which we work and live. And so we know that um, opening the aperture allows talent from all walks of life to join the company. And when you look at it from the standpoint of how that's perceived, it appears to be, you know, perceived pretty favorably, which allows people, and in fact, we align with um, a coalition called 110, where we have committed to hiring 1 million Black talent over the next 10 years, again, addressing the equity gap. And then we also, uh, Mary Barr, our CEO, chairs the business roundtable. And we try to focus on ensuring that we have equity in our hiring practices. So across the board, I think it's a benefit to all aspects of the talent population. And that in itself is um, our goal to just ensure that we have no barriers to entry. And, and is there something that GM eventually you could foresee pointing to and saying, this is what makes the company or will make the company the most inclusive company in the world. Is that a value statement or is it something that you can uh, that, that you have measurable, quantifiable goals to achieve? So our goal is to continue to hire, attract and retain our talent. And those are areas which are very measurable. And we want to ensure that as a part of that, we have a diverse talent pool. And so I think that when you look across um, the metrics that 
will allow us to understand that. It will reflect favorably um, in both internally and externally in terms of the, you know, the population being reflective of our communities. So I think we have what we need <laughs> uh, for the standpoint of understanding that this will drive us in the direction of becoming the most inclusive company in the world. I just want to restate that, you know, this is uh, an honor for me to be able to serve in the capacity of increasing the variety of skilled talent at General Motors and really removing those barriers and realizing that there's many pathways that will allow for equitable opportunities for folks. So it's a pretty exciting time. Uh, we will continue, again, to drive to becoming the most inclusive company. And again, thank you for this opportunity to really talk about it. Tammy Golden, thank you so much for joining us on Daily Drive. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tammy Golden is General Motors Executive Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion and head of the Automakers Workforce Strategy. She spoke with Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. You can get the latest news on workforce issues, federal policies, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.